Hello, listener. Welcome to episode two of the Coffee and Chismis podcast. I am your host, Dan Ferrer, and this is a podcast where I interview and have a conversation with a family member of mine. Well, just for the hell of it. Why, you ask? Well, it's an excuse to have a coffee spent with a family member over an hour to find new things about them, their views, their values, their passions, and things I can learn to make me a better person. And I guess also, I hope that this will encourage you out there, the listener, to connect or reconnect with someone you care about too. I'm so excited for you to hear this, my very first conversation with one of my family members, and it's going to be my younger brother, Louis. Now, just to give you a bit of context, um, I have three brothers and me and Louis fall straight in the middle of the oldest and the youngest. He currently works in the city and his journey has been an interesting one from being a law graduate, working in an off license, finding himself working in casinos as a croupier to going into gambling compliance and then shifting his life into the financial services compliance where he worked for three major city banks. Now, in terms of his personal life, he is recently engaged and his wedding is set for December of this year, 2018. Now, I had a ball doing this conversation. We just really freestyled with no structure into topics such as education, goal setting, passions, gratitude, and family now i'll send a little warning at this point there is a bit of swearing particularly from me and particularly f words because i do a lot of that and some references to violence which certainly i don't condone if you like this episode click on the applause button click the favorites if you want to hear more episodes such as this and just send us a voice message to give us some feedback but with no further ado um this is my conversation with my brother, Louis. Enjoy. And you can talk about that one, I don't mind. It's like, tell me about a short story or memory that you have about you and I specifically. Well, there's going to be you, you can mention that one, I don't care. Kevin O'Connor it was. You can mention it. It was Kevin O'Connor. It was Kevin O'Connor. We can mention that one if you like, but it would be more interesting for me if you could think of some... I see, I know that one. You can mention that one. Anyone that I might not particularly remember, but you could do those two. I don't care. If you can remember the Kevin O'Connor one. Go on, you know, no, tell well, no, Kevin. No, no. well, I say that just because... All right, just give, there were so there's Kevin, oh, Kevin O'Connor, there's a Tong Sudo one, but is there any way more... But we could do those two, if you like. They were really interesting ones, actually. That was like the end of Tong Sudo. All right, we're talking about Tong Sudo. Martial arts. Obviously, Korean. every time we... For, for every class that we finished, at the end of the class, Sensei would choose two people. Titus, wasn't it? Yeah, Titus yeah. And, and a guy called Hillary. This is such bullshit because this is going to just turn <laughs> into something and gone. We basically 
go, stand in a big circle and Sensei chooses, Sensei Titus chooses two people. As it was our last day, he chose me and, me and you. And I remember because you went in for an attack and then I just roundhoused you in the stumble. I think it was fly, I might have got off about three foot in the air. Four, I'm not sure. <laughs> this is such a <laughs> and, and to add context, the, the rest of the participants of Tong Sudo, this martial they art, they gather, they, 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 they were cheering. <laughs> they gather around in a circle, a bit like fucking Karate Kid. Yeah, and the other story would probably be, I don't even remember his name, Kevin O'Connor. It's Kevin O'Connor. he may have been in the year below you. He was in my year. He's so my that year. That was primary school, so we Yeah, so he's got a brother in the younger year. Oh uh, yeah, so that means, that means if that was your last year of... I don't know if it was, so, I can't remember. Wait, it was St. Michael's and Martin's, wasn't it? Go on then, tell it for just context-wise. Well, so if it was your last year, you would have been 10 or 11. Yeah, but the details of it. Because but, I, 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 I have something very... Not different in there, my mind. Go on. Okay. I think Jard... Because I think it's quite fun. I think Jard Carlos would run up to me, or someone said, your brother's having a fight with someone. Okay. So I remember, like, a bunch of me and my friends will run down there, and I remember tapping him on the shoulder and him turning around and then me just knocking him out. Is that how it...? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, OK, there we go then. Yeah, because I, I think, essentially, and I don't think I've mentioned this before, I think I might have been running away from him. Oh. Did you get... <laughs> did you ever know that beforehand? Essentially, I, mean, I, think, I, I think, essentially, what's happening is he's trying to have a fight with me, but I'm trying <laughs> to run away from him. And I don't think we've ever mentioned that. Then I think you're watching, you're seeing that your older brother's probably in a bit no, of an altercation or something like that. No, because I remember you watching me. Oh, really? A few minutes, yeah. And you're just looking like you're left going head, left, right. And you obviously see that there's some sort of altercation or some sort of conflict. Then what you do is you just step up to Kevin O'Connor and you just go in the face. And it smacks him in the face. And his face scrunches up and he starts crying. And I think I say to you, why did you do that? Oh, <laughs> why did you do I that? No, because to Clarissa I said, I remember running off afterwards and I think I was like You all cried as well. Okay, so that's a Kevin O'Connor. That's, a, yeah, that's an interesting thing. I don't remember any other... No, that's cool. That's cool. We can, we can come back to that and you can like yeah. you can do a... Do a, do like, a s what I was talking to like with Alan and G about like with you and what you're going to do now and almost like not a midlife crisis but thinking yeah. of like yeah, oh, yeah, I want to yeah. do something yeah, and have a hobby yeah, and then what yeah. I said to... It's no, it's no accident said, that it's that well, I would turn 40 this to, year. What I said to G is that he's... I was just like Dan has... A, a lot of you used to kind of have me, more hobbies, I would say, yeah. because we used to remember yeah. there was the point where we we went like fifteen gigs in like one year, and we yeah. did that for like yeah. I would say we we did that for yeah. like five, six, seven years, you know, because my my posters with all the dates yeah. in it and the thing it's range yeah. from like a good long period. I I think for me it's like in the past I had done stuff even when we like created stuff yeah. and I remember when I whatsapped you I said like I think it's like doing creative because we to the point that we we would write songs together yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. I can't play the guitar I, I don't, don't think I can write songs I don't think I could I make that. movies well, I so but I do Clarissa. think I could do something a bit creative yeah. well, I, yeah. I said that to Clarissa I was like when we were younger we would go to loads of gigs and music was very much like yeah. one of our yeah. things yeah, yeah. Just like, I, yeah, I would play I would play guitar, you would sing, you would write a song and then I'd play a guitar and it kind of almost like 
it's not fulfilled it it's just that if you had an idea yeah. i could i could finish that yeah. like anyone could probably try to sing and make a tune but then to play guitar to it and then you feel like your ideas come into yeah. fruition yeah. yeah yeah it's it's another thing isn't it so that's a nice lead into like see that's a nice lead into like the area of so topic that that that's next and that's you know what were your passions stroke ambition stroke dreams when you were younger and how do they compare to what you are at 38 years old? Um, well, alright, so when I, you're younger, like, what, what, if you had any, or like, passions, well, interests, to, okay, ambitions. When I was really young, I wanted to be an architect. Yeah, I remember you saying that. So that's kind of like primary school, eh? So the, uh, yeah, or secondary. it must have been like primary school, yep. early secondary school, because I remember mum's um, mum asking me, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to be an architect. Funnily enough, and it's a bit emotional, not to get too emotional about it. I remember her, the last, I got a Christmas card, or no, a birthday card from her. I think we were in our 20s. Grandma. Remember, yeah, yeah. Mum's mum. Mum's mum. Right. And we're in our 20s, like yeah. early 20s. And I think I was in university and I got a birthday card from her and it said like, I'm... Um, I'm sure you're going to be like, and I forgot about being an architect by then. At that time in university, I just thought, I'm never going to become an architect. There's no, and I, I completely forgot about it. Until she sent me the card and it said, um, you're, I'm sure you're going to be like the best architect. And I was just like, fuck. I'm glad she died not knowing that I wasn't an architect. But it was one of those things, just like, oh, you know, she remembered that. Yeah. And I, you know, yeah. I completely forgot about that. That was a, that was a dream that was long gone by 15, 20 years at that time. But it was like, she always kind of remembered it. It was, it was a bit sad. What I wanted to do, like, I've been kind of, not, I wouldn't say, I, I wouldn't say black sheep of the family, but I've, I've gone in a, not a conventional route. route whereas yeah. the point where I'm, the first jobs I had was working in, in a pub working in a social club and working in a casino, working in an off-license, anything to do with gambling and, and alcohol. Yeah, but you knew that they weren't your primary source of yeah, I know, employment. They weren't, but I kind of... If it wasn't for all of that, then I wouldn't have ended up in casinos. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, you know, to my... Well, it's like there was a reason behind that those odd jobs and stuff like there that. There was, well, one, or, or there was a pattern to it. I, want, I had to pay for university. Okay. So I needed, so I was managing I a pub. Did Dad, like, put anything into that? Mum did, but, like, obviously I had to, like, pay for, pay for other things But as you well. didn't pay your tuition fees? No, 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 I put money to it. Okay. And I think Mum put some money to it as well. But, obviously, the amount of drinking and stuff that goes along in the uni, you've got to kind of pay for it. Okay, so that's ambition, then it's in sort of like professional sort of target. What about outside work? No, no I just wanted to... I wanted to keep on drawing and I wanted to keep on painting. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, when it comes to music, I got into it only when I was... Very late. <laughs> yeah. I would say yeah. I was 25. Yeah. We should try and, like, as part of the podcast, try and shove in a song in there, yeah. like on the overlap, like in the background. Like, I can say, yeah, well, this is what he's talking about. I'd play Best of Life or something like that. No, See if I can but, edit but it. Remember, before that, you should send me a had, file or something. Before I had the means to play my music, yeah. 
you bought me, yeah. um, was it called something DJ? EJ. Yeah. Where I made all kind of like Craig David. Yeah, yeah. So that. Where you can layer the beats with yeah. the vocals. You can yeah. basically tell what date that is. That was probably 2000 and 2000 and Was it that late? What, that I was, that, that, I was, that you were doing that? EJ, yes, because if you listen to them, they're all Craig David-like songs. Okay. That, that falling song. But I didn't think it was late 90s, though, was it? Yeah, well, it, was, it was 98, 99. Is it? You'd basically be able to tell, because you just find out when Craig David released <laughs> his first album. Yeah. And all of... Because I... And I sampled Alicia Keys. Okay. Falling. Okay. So you'll be able to tell the date from that. It will probably be about late nineties. So the passion was art the passion was and being, music. Was, I think. I think out of all of us, you're probably the most artsy sort of one. Yeah, and I'm I not just talking about art as in painting, but I mean in like arts and entertainment. Yeah. Because I, I, I think Josh has got shit music taste yeah, and so cinema, is, and same so with Chet. And Chet and both of them haven't got a voice. Yeah, but I don't think you need a voice to be creative. No, I mean, when it comes to like... Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Writing, oh, you mean your, your, your literal voice? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Your critique yeah, yeah, voice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think it must have skipped their brain. Yeah. Their fucking choice of movies is just, like, ridiculous as well. <laughs> like, the same with Clarissa. She likes 2012, films like that. I'm going to have to bleep some of this out. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like, like, best sort of, like... Fucking just raw and sort of unkept. Right. Growing up, fucking we're still on growing up. Did you have any mentors or role models that you looked up to? There's a fucking question for you. Shut you um, up, right? Role models? Yeah, or mentors. I think it was... I think when you're that age, it's more of, like... Not that you look up to them, because they're... I'm talking about, like, movie characters. You kind of use them as kind of not role models, but how cool you want to be. Like everyone wants to play cards after they watch Matt Damon in, in Rounders. It's kind of like that. So you you look at cool characters and things. So I, I guess people did that with like James Dean. You know, they model themselves on that. And it's, at that age, I think you're just susceptible to to kind of being like who you see on TV, who you think is cool. Um, but in terms of like like a real person, like real life person. I don't think I ever thought about it like that. Like, because I think if I ask Chet like this question, he'll, he'll probably well, or someone you 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 look up to. Because I think if I ask Chet the same question, he'll probably say Josh. Uh, and if I ask Josh, Josh would, would probably say, say Dad. So something along those lines. Oh, Apart, like if, if it isn't a parent or a, or a like. I think it would have. To, I've always said it would have been. If you're not talking about style and basing what your attitude is going to be, because yeah. I think that's what happens when you're a kid. You kind of get moulded according to like all the films that you watch like that. Do you? But, See, my, my mind doesn't work that way. You're kind of susceptible to like. Well, like I want to be Rob Thomas and have this no, like nice like, long hair. Like I said, you know? a simple thing like seeing Matt Damon. In rounders, yep. you just think that's a cool character. I think I'm gonna be really good at playing. Well, and if you Stuff watch, like, like for example, if you watch Mission Impossible, like, you want to be reason, Ethan Hunt. Well, <laughs> the, reason why I, the reason why I said that and not like 
a real person because I could have just said yeah dad I could have said dad because yep. let's face it he's yep. he's made his way up yep. and was a teacher yep. and then he gave it all up started from zero yep. and then kind of went away because well, my answer is dad but yeah. not for that fact but the fact that he was like one of ten in the yeah. Philippines who's and he's the out? only one to get out and you ask Tito Eddie like Uncle Eddie if you like you speak to him and he goes he's the only one who wanted to do it Grandpa didn't want him to do it, but he made it, he made it. You, that's what Tito Eddie said. And you ask Dad, you have the same conversation, and I'm gonna, I think I'm going to speak to Dad next. You speak to Dad, and he said his grandpa just wanted him to yeah. work in the rice fields or something like that. And it was just like, who gave Dad that drive to sort of like, I am doing this. I don't care what everyone else thinks. Yeah? This is, well, that, that's a social and economic factor as well, which we don't have. Yeah, like the the challenge or the yeah, adversity. Like dad was a dad was a, like a sweeper in one of the Yeah, but life. but that doesn't explain like out of his nine siblings, why would he be the only one to make it? Maybe See, just being smart. But I like I, I think they're all smart. All the uncles and aunties that we had. What makes the difference? No, and, I, and I'm going to ask him that. No, maybe the thing is, you could be like being academically smart in the Philippines can get you out. Yeah, it can. But, but what I'm saying is, yeah, I don't it's think like, that... It's like Chuck. Academically, he's shot. Yeah. But kind of, if you're talking about like being HR yeah. and being yeah. kind of like a people person, yeah. he can make smarter moves yeah. than Jard, who's... I think with Chet also, on a side note, that he's a, he's a bit more sort of um, politically savvy in terms of the game, yeah. of like the workplace environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he knows like politically how he has to ally and I think he can be like mossy faceted yeah. do you know what I mean like oh how are you doing like kiss you someone's arm to go ha- he has realised there are certain there are certain industries or certain certain companies that he's better suited for okay the hotel industry was almost a bit too kind of almost too upmarket yeah he needs something um, to suit working for Merlin was maybe a bit too kind because he was dealing with all the retail people and stuff like that Working for Robert Dice is almost a middle ground that seems that seems quite decent. See, I still don't think he's suited to that, and I think if he's looking for a brand, it's got to be something a bit is, more casual. Like, I didn't care. I didn't even really care about the money. I mean, I didn't really care about the job. I just cared about making getting, money, getting as much money as possible. And it got to the point where I was just like, right, what can I do with all of this? Yeah, money? yeah. Um, that happened after I kind of skipped back again to like work. But I went, when I, going back to the when I got my house, yeah. and I was like, what the fuck do I do? Yeah. And then I get a job, yeah. and then I was just like, fuck, I don't care. They can call me a postman, I'm on £600 a day. Yeah. But then when I was on that £600 a day, and at, the, at one point after two weeks, we used to, people doing the know your customer AML checks, we would get a case if, like, say Credit Suisse wanted to sign up a client I would deal with all the corporate ones so yeah. I'll go do all the due diligence on this yeah. check out if all the directors are legit yeah. all the company things are legit yeah. what I would do is once I've done my pack it had to get signed off by the vice president of KYC yeah. the VP I would give it to him and he would look through it and he's like yeah that's good he signed he was like two levels above me after two or three weeks um the vice president was actually saying that all of the rest of the contractors who had been there for like four months 
were giving it to the VP to sign it. And he, at one point he was just like, just get Louis to look at it. Just mm. get Louis to sign it. Yeah. And then after a while, I was just all I was doing is just like, sign it. So sign. it's just like... So it seemed like, it, theoretically, it's the best job in the world because you're doing half the amount of work. Yep. And it got to the point where I am ashamed to say, I'm like, well, Eleni's never really made a mistake before. Signing, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, which is completely wrong. See, but what, it gets like that when you kind of just trust people. So, so the, the topic, the issue you're talking about is basically fulfillment. It really? Came, it came to fulfillment. That, I just, just thought it was about money. I got the fulfillment out of like, bang, I got the goal when I got my house. Yep. It was like, shit, I got nothing else. I haven't got a girlfriend, I haven't got family. Work, bang, £600. And it's just like, actually, we're going to give you less work. You can just sign stuff. You're going to still be on £600. It got to the point, yeah, I lasted. I lasted a month like that until I, I phoned Jane, who interviewed me beforehand. And Jane who? Jane, oh, Jane right, G, who yeah. is the CEO of Comply Global, yep. and I work for that. Yep. She actually offered me a job a couple of days before I figured credits for this, and she said, I think you've had enough of like finance. I don't think this is going to be the job for you. Yeah. After oh. I, I literally quit Credit Suisse and just like, do you know what? I'll find another job. It doesn't. I like. I, I'm not enjoying this. It's not about the money. It's it's more about the filming. So I phoned her up afterwards. She was like, "Yeah, we'll give you another interview. You'll meet the owner of the company." And ultimately, it's a bit more fulfilling because I've got an aim now. It's like our company does want to make money, yes, but ultimately we want the banks and all the financial industries and even law firms yep. and gaming industry to kind of come together when it comes to money laundering. And so I'm trying to make a product to to help anti-money laundering. Okay. So I've got kind of an aim now and I'm learning so much not only from, because I learned all there was about finance and know your customer, AML and stuff like that, but Jane is a barrister. I'm learning lots of stuff from her. It's the owner of the company is made himself up for millions from being a window salesman at the start. Yeah. The other director is like a just a full-blown kind of accountant who's just been around the world. The CCO is just has worked and sold low owned and sold off companies for millions. So it's just like I've gone into this because there's a lot more that I can learn yeah. apart from yeah, that. Yeah. Because you want to build up your like soft skills. Mm -hmm. But I'm just like Right, if you want to make millions, why not go to a millionaire? And why don't you learn? Because I can learn the, as much as I can about finance, but it doesn't really matter. It's just like, yeah, so I know all about regulations and anti-money laundering. But at the end of the day, it takes it takes much more than I've got. Yeah. Just being kind of smart. Yeah. It takes someone like John Davis, who's the owner of the company, to properly push it and go, Right, we're gonna we're gonna make millions from this. I'm gonna keep on going. There's a sense of pride with that as well because he doesn't want to quit, and it could get him into trouble in the end because he, he may end up totally flunking this business. But because of pride, he just won't give up. He won't cut cut his losses because he's never done it. Before. That's why everyone's sticking around because this guy is just like I asked. I asked Martin Passion, who's the CCO, because he's just bought a house for millions with his with his business and I said how do you know this is going to go right because you've got a lot more at stake now he's like because John won't give up he's just like he will keep, keep on going on there is no like oh we've done our best it's just like I believe in this and I'm going to quickly is it, is it is it all about the money 
save save they get billions, save you get billions, save you get millions. Thing probably is about the money at the end of the day because he wants the quick turnaround. He may want to become such a competitor of people like Jura Van Dijk and Lexus Nexus. But what about you? What about me? <laughs> That's it, you know. What's it? What about you? The thing is, I'll get I just I'll get another job. No, but, but even if you got the highest paying job and you were just like, fuck, I'm getting so much money that I can go and do whatever I want to, whenever I want to. I can like have, I don't know, like the biggest wedding or go anywhere I want on honeymoon. I can take any breaks. Where does it end then? Say if you like, weren't even dependent on having a job. Do you think you would still be happy? I think you always, that's the thing. John doesn't have to do this. No, you. And that's what I'm saying. John doesn't do it at the moment, and he's got more money than he than he needs. Yep. And I think when you get to that point, I just think if you are that person to reach that point, yep. you're the per kind of person who's just going to keep on continuing to find, try to find new ventures. I'm like, funnily enough, if I was with Clarissa when yep. I when I was in Credit Suisse. Yep. Because I had something, I would have had something else to look forward to, like going on the holidays and stuff like that. I would never have quit Credit Suisse. I would have just said, I'll take the hit and just like sign papers every fucking every day, and then I'll, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just go on holiday with her, and then we wouldn't have even been worried about the money. If it come to a wedding, I'll just go right. So I earn like close to like. 10 grand a month or something stupid like that I think it was it was like two and the lowest the mid amount was about two and a half grand a week crazy so 10 grand a month I was just like if you want the wedding you you want how about we wait for six months I'll get you a 60 grand wedding but because now just, it's switched and now it's like I don't really care about it see that's it. that's where you I think you and I are very different and it's probably because I don't have the money or earning capacity that you have but I don't think of it like anymore in terms of like money. I really don't. I think, say, I think if I was in your position, I was earning a lot more than I do currently working for local yeah. government. I think we'd still have the same issues that we have. Like I would certainly have the same issues. See, we're talking about the issue of uh, fulfilment, right? Yeah. And like, there's this interesting quote, Picasso basically said. The meaning of life is to find your gift, and the purpose of life is to give it away. So why? Interesting, hey. Yeah. How no, 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 how, no, no, how no, fucking good is that? But, but I, so so my question to you is like generally like why are we here? I know that's deep shit, but why are we here? If you're like in a practical sense, if you're thinking about that, in, and in a literal sense, it's why I do paintings. Some yeah. of those paintings take. So, so what you're saying is that it's like that's the side. The, that's that's the, yeah, that's your flip side. Yeah, that's your passion side. But you just do what you separate those the two. That's what I said to Ji. I was just like, don't quit your job. Like, work. Try to switch your job into a contract role where they're paying you more, and you're doing two days, three days a week. Then plow that money into something that you would want to do. Mine's. I'm not going to become famous from the paintings or anything, but you get a fulfillment out of doing. And then giving them away. Yeah. Do you know how much like I would spend? My last painting took like nine, ten hours to do. Okay. Do you know how much I how much I gave away? To know. Fifteen quid. Yeah, and you also said that, that reminds me of something that you mentioned that on your when you weren't working, 
you told me a story. You weren't working, then you said you started painting stuff, then you were just leaving it around London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is an interesting point. No, yeah, yeah. It's just like Go on. Um, Valentine's Day, I decided to make loads of 12 by 12 paintings, yeah. 12 inches by 12 yeah. inches, or 10 inches by 10 inches, and just left them round. And because when I was in between contracts, I had enough money that... Uh, I basically didn't have to work for like a year, so I just thought, what's the point in rushing? I'll put in some applications. I've never gone more than two weeks without a job. Yeah. So even between contracts, I would pick one up or I'd switch from contract to contract, and then I I just decided, do you know what? Kind of spread the love kind of thing. Yeah. And there was I did three different sets of paintings, yep. and it was a I think it was about fifty paintings yep. that I would walk around and just leave around the thing. Is there any way of tracing back those? Those paintings and seeing if anyone received it. I was in contact it. with about five people. So what up. did you leave like a, a, an email um, or your side, Instagram uh, or something? An Instagram like oh, my that's Instagram cool. account or my email address on the on the frame of it. Yeah. And they basically just tagged me, going, "Found your painting, amazing." And they from people like who don't who are not from London. They're like some of the some of, uh, two of them were tourists. One of them was found it in one of them found it in Bond Street, and I'd, I didn't leave any in Bond Street. So, so someone's picked it up, someone's so dropped it. So basically, I've, I've left a little post-it note yeah. that says, that's like sellotape to yeah. masking tape, that says, this is your painting now, do with it as you will, yeah. leave it for someone else or take it home, it doesn't matter. Cool. But this is, this is now yours. Do you know if any of those have kept them home and, and put it in their home? A in? girl from Australia picked one up in Bond Street, and I've never been to Bond Street, so someone's picked it up and left it on the train. Yeah. And it's ended up outside the back street of Bond Street. Okay. So she's picked it up and messaged me three months later. She's like, I've just got back home from like a world trip. I was like, oh, yeah. She says, I picked up your painting and basically took it with me for <laughs> fucking 20 different countries really? and just had it in my. And then she took a picture of it and it's sitting in her office. In where? In Australia. In Australia. That's cool, man. Um, some, some of them have landed up in islands. Is it? So people just kind of pick it up. Right, how, many fo- how many paintings were there? There were like 50. Fucking hell. You know, some of them ultimately probably just ended up in the bin. But um, it's something that I, I made stencils so I can do it like. I can do it whenever I want. Yeah. It'll take me like a couple of hours to stencil out a few. Yeah. But I'll do that again. And I've actually said to some of my friends, oh, if you're going to like Hong Kong, do you want to leave some of these? And the girl from Australia was just like... Oh, right. The girl from Australia was like, I would if you gave me loads, I would have just handed them out and just kind of kind of left them around. That's cool. Because it was a good kind of... I think Gordon was saying it's like a guerrilla tactic. Kind of just, yeah, just yeah. leaving like, them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because people don't give away art. And, um, I, 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 Carissa, I think it was Clarissa or someone else was like but though for five of those small canvas it cost like a five yeah, yeah. he's like so you're telling me it's literally cost you like 50 pounds I was like but it doesn't it doesn't matter yeah. at one point I got obsessed with people looking at, at London Bridge I left I left one next to a, uh, next to the the gates outside yeah. just kind of plopped it there was about to walk away and then I kind of just stayed there and I got obsessed with looking at who was going to pick, pick it up, up. yeah That's I, I did witness a couple of people pick my paintings up and the first thing they do is kind of just like either go on their phone and look for my Instagram oh, or right. they kind of just smile to themselves and then just pick it up what and they, they, they just walk with it they just walk out with it oh cool yeah so I'm thinking of kind of doing that again but I told you in it there's this there, there's a there's a 
um, a girl, uh, I think her name is like London Letters or some London Love Letters or something like that. And she, and she writes poems and she leaves them on like buses around London, similar yeah. to what you're doing. She takes a picture of them first and she just writes a poem and they're her, her own sort of like poems, leaves it there and says, oh, dropped another one. A bit like Banksy does, you know, yeah. same sort of format. Then she does the same thing and gets feedback that way and they, get, they go on their Instagram, the person, the recipient says, look, I found this at so and so and I think that's pretty cool. I might. Um, I was thinking of doing it again because I've made I've made the templates so I could I can knock them out again and they're just when it comes to so like I thought there were fifty individual. No, it was fifty. But they're like factory produced. No, is what you're was, saying? <laughs> With four, a stencil. Four different pieces that I made and I made like kind of eleven, twelve of, of each one. And just went around with my, my big Nike gym bag and just like left them on the thingy. But yeah, that so, is. See, so I don't want to. I don't know if we should sort of skip or label this point about my fucking Picasso quote. But essentially, why do you think we're in like a two sentences or three sentences? What's our purpose? Fucking deep shit, hey? But I don't fucking know. What, what, uh, my, why, see, why do we go on the run of meal like nine to five and like fuck, when we could my, fucking die tomorrow? The, but, the so what's is, the point? What like, is the point? Like you know about the like the, the miscarriage like two months ago. Before the miscarriage, I was debating: should, should I go to Copenhagen? Shouldn't I go to Copenhagen? And it was only anywhere between two hundred and four hundred pounds. As soon as the miscarriage happened, I didn't do it to police her. I just thought, what the hell have we been like? debating about yeah, yeah. I'm just like well, we can go just fuck it just, just go I'll have that £500 back in my bank next month so it doesn't matter as long as I'm not rinsing my savings but it's just like there's some things it's just like she's like why did you put that holiday it's like why not like well, what's what's the difference yes like, life, like, life's too just, short we've just had kind of like a, a tragedy like happen to us it's just like why are we debating little things about £400 all it means is I'm going to be £400 a little lighter next month, but it doesn't even matter. Why do you think that happens? Is there a reason why bad things or challenges happen to us? No, I just think, I just think bad shit just happens to good people all the time, not to shit sound like... You know, why is it like good? Why is it bad? I know I get the whole opposite stuff, but what's the reason? Because Gigi asked me this in like, how can you believe in a God? Are you like, when bad, stuff stuff, when bad stuff happens? And I don't really have an answer. All I know is my view is that if you have challenges like bad shit, what I've learned over like 40 years is like, okay, those challenging things, whatever they may be, big, small, whatever, they're those, like, if you want to flip it, they are the opportunities to, like, grow or get better yeah, at something. To, to, like, be, to be kind of better, like, there was, when, when like, the miscarriage, like, it was, it, was, it was really quite hard. But I think sometimes things like that, whether it's, I don't think it's because of it, but as a result, you just think, Shit, what have we been debating? Yeah. And it kind of kicks you up in the ass. Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's like the thing with. It's like, like a little reminder from God going, hey, fuck, uncle, you weren't paying attention. I don't think it's got anything to do with God. As you know, I'm not confirmed. And that's why I didn't really want to get married in a church. Okay. Because I don't want to be confirmed. Okay. Do I believe in a God? See, I've got a bit here like religion stroke, shall I pursue? <laughs> Possibly not. So. Do I believe in a God? I, like, I, I don't think in the, the, the representation. You know anything about science and stuff? And, I don't think 
I don't believe in the representation that's given, like obviously in the Bible. I believe in something. There's something bigger. But not I'll like, tell you about no, me. Not, 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 not the, the not the the white faced bearded no, sort of person. No, what I do, and this just a little side story. Um, one of our friends came back with. I didn't don't know if I told you about the chocolate. What chocolate? So I went to Cheese House and basically. Um, this is G, one of your good friends. Yeah. One of her friends put like concentrated marijuana chocolate because it's legal in LA for medicinal purposes. Okay. Someone put it in her bag. Oh right. And then when we went into out her bag, I picked up this chocolate that it's about the size of a whole nut. Yeah. A dairy milk, yeah. And I've broken off like two pieces of that and just thrown it down my mouth. I was like, oh, this tastes a bit weird. And she said, what, what did you just eat? I was like, this little chocolate thing, and it tasted a bit weird. And so it's concentrated marijuana chocolate. Yeah. Cannabis chocolate. Yeah. And for supposed to be for medicinal purposes. Now it said dosage, half a bar every four hours. Right. You're not allowed to take more than that yep. within four hours. Yep. Now I've taken quadruple the dosage. So I just Because it's medicinal, they've taken away the I forgot what the acronym for the for the drug is. But there's a bit that kind of gets you like stones. Yeah. I, I was going to say THC. I think that might maybe get from it. But they've kind of taken that away, so you don't get a it, you don't get a buzz. Yeah. From it, you don't get high, so you don't get all the giggles and stuff. You just get being stoned. Yeah. And I was like, I wonder what that's like. Yeah. Like you, like you didn't know before. No, 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 no. <laughs> because you would you get a buzz. Yeah. Okay. And you and you're stoned. All right. That you. You consider them the same thing. Yeah. Being buzzed and being stoned the same thing, but they're not. There's okay. A, I'll you take can, your word you for it. Go on. Be, you can just be stoned, which is what these things do. So it's like the stone without the buzz. And you're like, oh, so this is leading on to, to the God thing. And I had Go a, on. A, I got really, I had what they call a white news yep. when you have a bad trip. Yep. And I, I run back home from Jesus felt like I was like dying yeah. and I just thought oh, I think my heart's stopping I, I was like panicking I was like oh my god and at one point I felt myself basically dissolving into bed I'm like I said I'm gone I'm yeah. gone I'm gonna have to and I was thinking all of these questions just like oh no oh, like what's my mum gonna think and I was like I'm gonna have to erase my um, my browsing history why didn't I do that before I died so <laughs> I was but what and sorry we still got and I was thinking at the time it's alright it's only 4 o'clock yeah I was thinking no it's nearly 4 o'clock yeah yeah it's nearly 4 o'clock it's alright no go on. on no no go on I, I just don't want them what to kick us out of cost what happens go on what happened this morning I thought I died and I was just like fuck I'm, I'm gone that's, what, that's it I've, I accepted it I'm dead now and do you know what happened what? like this is why I woke up quite pleasant afterwards yeah because I, I did eventually wake up. It was like I died. And do you know what happened? In my weird trips, yeah. stroke dream, yeah. I said to I said to J.I. afterwards, my, my, yeah, Jason, I said, I don't have to worry about dying anymore because I know what happens. And J.I. and G went, well, yeah, what, what does happen? And I said, oh, you become, like, you become part of the universe. Yeah. So, and... J.I. was like, yeah, but what are you seeing out of it? And I was like, all I saw was like the stars and the universe. 
And he was like, what are you looking out of? What was your body like? And I said, no, 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 you, you, you feel like you're part of it. And it was such a strange feeling that while I was in that weird state, because you, you don't have any eyes or anything, but yep. I could still see about it. Yep. It was weird to explain. But when you become part of the universe, I was just like, in that state, you know what I was saying to myself? I'm like, well, I can't go back now. It, it was almost like I had all of the answers to, to yeah. like, why are we here, blah, blah, blah. And because I, I was like embedded with that knowledge now, I basically sat there, like being part of the universe and floating and not having any body and just being feeling like I'm part of it. Because I could basically just see the whole universe. Not with my eyes, because I didn't have any, it was weird. That's deep, man. No, 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 but it, you were part of it, and that's why you saw it, rather than seeing it with your eyes. You, you were just part of this bigger thing. I was just like, I can't go back to living the way that I was. Why would I go back to a job after this? I know everything. I know what's the point in it. What's the point in going back? And so at one point, I'm just like, I, I can't go back to the way of thinking. I'm, I'm endowed with too much, like, knowledge now. And then I woke up. Let me stop it there. Yeah. Right, what three things are you most proud of? I Come think on, you, <laughs> you're, not even gonna, you're struggling for one. I think the way, it, it may not be my achievement, but um, I think it's like our family unit. Okay. I think that's one, not to sound cheesy about it, it's not seeing, making a comparison between like Gigi's family, even Clarissa's family, yep. Sharon's family. Yep. It's like we, we still make an effort for all of us to sit around the dinner table. Yep. I think that's what kind of... Um, that, um, like that, that is a great answer considering this podcast. It's going to be a podcast. <laughs> it's about family relations. That, that is fucking brilliant. No, but I think that's, what, uh, that's one of the things that I'm most proud of. And hopefully be able to embed that in my own family unit if, if I ever have a family and we're, we're trying to have a kid. So I think it's that. I think it's... I think I can be quite proud of Yeah, second, second one? Yeah, yeah, go on, give me another one. I, I think I can just be proud about where I've... The focus that's coming, because like I said, if you're kind of half smart, which are, like, I'm not the smartest in the world, definitely probably one of the smartest of the Freer Boys. <laughs> it's interesting because we're going to have these discussions, yeah, hopefully know, with the other, like, the other two, who are going to say exactly the same thing. Because you don't really know what you're going to do. If you're kind of think you're quite smart you're just like oh I just did a load of things yep. and I think I'm quite proud in the way that it's gone wide and then I've like pulled a focus Yeah. because yeah. I found myself in the casinos dealing cards for about six years yep. on night shifts working from seven o'clock in the morning to seven o'clock at night or, by, or the other way around yep. and then it was just like I think I'm better than this now how do I get from getting off the gaming floor dealing cards yep. and spinning roulette yep. to getting into a bank yeah. Or getting into a law firm. So essentially what you're saying is like target setting. Yeah, yeah. Goal, that, goal setting. And that's what happened. It, get Where I Am was yep. like a 15-year 15 15-year 15 plan, 10-year plan. We're, we're, that's quite a good point. We're going to go off with that. You can give me one more thing that you're proud of. But in terms of like goal setting, and I don't even have this written down as a question, how do you get from that those 15 years that you just described how do you get from a specific idea that you want to move somewhere to that ultimate goal how do you get there yeah. what's what's the strategy okay. methods my, if there are there, any we'll, do, do you, well my my goal was to get off the gaming floor and end up in a law firm or a bank yeah just because i think well that would be quite that would use up quite a lot of my skills yep 
you've got to then decide what are your transferable skills okay. to go from industry because you can't just move from the gaming yep. industry, casinos, yep. to a bank. Yep. So what I did was first step, go so on. that's my ultimate goal, yeah, yeah, yeah. to get to a bank or a yep. firm because I thought I'm quite, I'm, you know, I'm quite academically decent. I think someone can benefit with the, with the skills that I have. Yep. To get there, I've got to get off the gaming floor. So how did I get off the gaming floor? I went into surveillance for two or three years. So you're saying that's intentional? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was very much intentional. Okay. I, ne I needed to get off night shift. Well, I was still on night shifts. I had to get off the thing. So I got off the gaming floor, um, went to work for surveillance where I worked 12 hour shifts, which means my my days off increased to about three days off a week okay. instead of two which meant there's more chances of me to look for jobs. Yeah. Because looking for a job is like a full-time job. Yeah. So I've increased my days off, yep. and I've got off the gaming floor. Yep. Then it is, how do I get out of the casino now? Because now mm -hmm. I've got an opportunity. I'm no longer dealing cards. Yep. I'm doing surveillance, which is operations. Yep. We often work with the compliance department. Yep. And I just thought, if I can get into the compliance department, who work normal hours, mm -hmm. that's two goals already met. Yep. I can get into compliance and I can get off working night shifts. Yep. So I I went for an interview with the same company for Caesars and they made me into a they made me into a compliance officer. Yep. And, uh, and then I worked my way through the compliance office because I went for interviews straight after that. Yep. I worked as a compliance officer for about two years. Yep. And before I before I thought, right. So straight away I started looking for jobs in the yep. banks. No one would let me go because they're like, ah, compliance and use different regulations. Yep. Finance, I might as well just get an admin fight, someone yep. who's been in yep. KPMG or Deloitte yep. or something yep. like that, or one of the banks. Yep. So it wasn't enough and I was yep. like, right, I need more transferable skills. I'm yep. already in complex, but it's not enough. Yep. So I looked at the different regulations that overlap yep. and yep. it was money laundering. Yep. So that's what you went for. So it, it was a conscious, I was just like, right. So what I did is I pushed myself, went to as many free classes or workshops that Caesars gave me, yeah. became the deputy money laundering officer yeah. who deal with, uh, at the time it was soccer, but now it's NCA, the National yeah. Crime Agency, yeah. deals with some of the licensing yeah. lots, deals with some of the vice squad, all yeah. of that. Yeah. I was dealing with the licenses. Yeah. Um, then found out that that could transfer me into that. I'd been in court. Being in gaming and submitting anywhere between two and three hundred SARS a year yep. is more than anyone, okay. anyone in the gaming industry and anyone in the banks. Okay, like dissecting that further, yeah. that's like your strategy and you had a method. Are you, what is your mindset? Like, it, do you have that mindset every day is what I'm saying for? How do you keep in track like, shit, I should be going to that course or shit? How is the mindset? If that's your ultimate goal, how do you do you break that down? What you I say, do you, break, do you it break it down, down smaller? But how they look how, so far removed. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah. I get you. Yeah. Just go, right. I've got to get off the gaming floor. Yeah. I've got to get off yeah. night shifts. I've got to get into compliance. So how are you tracking that in your mind? Because you're obviously, and how frequently are you doing that? I was sending out. Well, when it comes to jobs, I was sending out. 50 to 100 applications a so you, night. So you're saying it's a constant thing daily? It's, it's a constant push if you if you really want to get out. And the fact is, uh, even in mid-20s, I was getting tired of working night shifts. And I'm not sure how Dad did it for like 
I, 50 years. I, I, I don't know. I'm going to ask him. But that's, like a key, that's a key goal for me I, to get I, off I, I handled it for I handled it for about seven years. So I was compliance officer. It took me... Once I was in compliance in gaming, it took me five years to get it. Because I then had to... I had the skills. Money laundering. I would send about 200 suspicious activity reports a year, which is more than anyone in gaming which is more than probably any analyst in banks who submitted them themselves. Then I had to show whoever I was going for, uh, the interviewer, that my skills are transferable. Yep. Like I said, I've submitted so many songs in, while I was in gaming. I've been to court more times than anyone, any analyst in a bank. Yep. You know, I've given evidence, I've managed to um, get people arrested. I've helped the clubs and my squads. Um, no, UK border agency. So once I said, I've done this more than anyone yeah, else. It's I am, exactly what you're doing, banks, yeah. and more. We're using the same laws: money laundering regulations. All of the laws are kind of are the same. So, so you're, ba you're, 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 you're basically tooling yourself up or mastering yeah. yourself. So. When the yeah. opportunity arises, you say, hey, I've got all this anyway. Yeah. Okay. And in between, remember, I've done, so I've now worked in three different banks, three major banks, one broker, one law Name firm, the banks? Uh, Just for Barclays, context. Santander, and Credit Suisse. I uh, work for LCG, which is, which is a broker's, um, and then I worked for Taylor Wessing, which is a top 20 law firm. Cool. Um, now, as an analyst, someone says to me, "Right, yeah, you have, you know your stuff, and you know how to do money laundering, anti-money laundering, and know your customer stuff, KYC." And then I add, and I've worked for three different industries. That's that's interesting. But that side of it, because goal setting and like trying to get to the right, it right. is is like key. And I think, like for me, like for for a number of years. And it's not, and I can say like I was having a family, like, but that was part of it. It, it, it's true. I think I lost that in terms of, when you're at school, you come out of school, you're very automatic in terms of like, I want to do this, I know it's good. Yeah, but yeah. I think over time, like when you have a family, like, not that it's an excuse, you lose that kind of like focus. goal set or, or focus, whatever you want to call it. Um, See, well, and that's, what, what, that's what's kind of happened from being so broad and just like blase about, well, I don't know what I'm going to do, I'll try loads of different things, to kind of just focusing it to become, oh, it's now just become about compliance and money laundering. And now I'm a specialist, I'm a specialist kind of in my, in my field now. Are there any things within your 38 years of living that you regret or you would like to change? I think, you can, you can I get think a safe way in, and just sort of say, no, I don't regret anything, no, but I think it's more... I, think in, I don't think that I would be an honest in hindsight, I think in hindsight, I would probably do a degree that... I did do a degree that I like, and to be honest, law was easy. I think I would... I think I'd really go for it for you and kind of like, you know, really study. Yeah. Because you I mean, got 2 2 out and just not working. I got B and A level English and I didn't read the books. Yeah. I'm just like, eh, I could have had an A really, why didn't I do that? I've literally worked two degrees at the same time, but um, 
I think I would have just like just tried tried harder and I've, and just friggin' applied myself. I had to see a counselling thing mm. in in uni. Yeah. Like um, they literally made me see a counsellor in uni. They made you. Yeah, yeah. I was on like on my apparently my attendance was like seven percent or something. <laughs> so they made they little, I had to sign in. That's because you're always in the pub or probably smoking some yeah, illegal substance. Yeah. I was. I think it was the time where I walked into a lecture late, and you know there's like the lecture halls, and you've got these almost the aisles that yeah. go up the stairs. Yeah. I've walked in in the same clothes as I did yesterday, with like big. Do you know them big Armani gold big sunglasses yeah. that Josh used to have? Yeah. I've walked into that, try to steady myself. I was like, sorry, I'm late, everyone. I've walked up the stairs, tried to steady myself and didn't realise that the aisle was quite wide. Like, so I tried to reach for a desk, couldn't reach that and did that and just kind of fell. So um, they ended up, they ended up just putting me on some kind of probation. God. I think his name was Silas or something. He was my counsellor, he was like counsellor for the first year or something. But apparently my attendance was quite shocking and I didn't realise they did that. I thought if you get such low attendance that you could just fail straight away or get kicked out. No, that, that was so there a procedure for that? I think it's because it's the first time everyone was paying, so they're like, oh, like, you probably want to make the most of your money. But I remember like signing in a lot. I can't remember a lot. I mean, to be honest, it was three, three years of just like, I'm, I'm, don't remember. I knew I was in Newcross for one of the years, but I think I would have just tried. I would have tried harder. But that's that's the thing with. I think with age comes in like yeah 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 I get more you. Kind of common sense yeah and thinking yeah, more awareness with, yeah yeah we were just thinking of and that's why I think just just fucking go for it now just just go for it it's like what have it, you, it's what strange you though that when you're older you, you want to risk stuff but when you're younger it's most of the time when you should go high risk no I think it, that just comes with age that you think oh, do you know what's the point and. And I think because you're getting closer to your death, I think. Yeah, I, I guess Cause so. Because you're losing time. Because on this side, I'm gonna, ha- I'm gonna probably, like probably you as well. You're gonna, you've lived for you. You're gonna, you've lived more than you're gonna yeah. when you got left. It's but time. The thing is, it's like when I when I finished up at Credit Suisse, and it was just like my my outgoings a month just on drinking and dinner exceeded two grand a month easily. I remember like. I booked like duck and waffle for Rachel's birthday and I phoned up and I said, look, I didn't get an email confirming my reservation. Oh yeah, you told me yeah. about this. And they said, oh no, it is confirmed. And then I was about to put down the phone and they said, oh, and you've got it for the 7th and you've got it for the 21st. I was like, what would you mean? And I've literally just been going to like Sushi Samba and duck and waffle and just like with people that I didn't particularly like. And that's when I that's when I was having a bit of a breakdown with G and I was like, what's it on the floor? What's it? And she's like, oh poor you, you've got like you've got lots of money just spunk on like yeah, duck to, and waffle. To my original point, you know, like when we've just first started having this it conversation was... about money, you know? And I'm like, yeah, because it did really matter. And now you know, I'm, now I'm with now I'm with Clarissa, which by the way kind of loops back to the last question of like the last point of if you kind of just going for things because yeah. cheesily enough and Chet knows this quote he'll probably say it to you if you talk to him he'll probably say it have you ever watched We Bought a Zoo? yeah I did with Matt Damon okay okay Matt Damon talks about he also done Jerry Maguire that director did you know uh, that? they seem like they're similar ones yep 
Have you ever heard the quote from that, the chick? Yeah, himself? yeah, when he meets his, what is the quote, 30 seconds or it's something? It's basically 20 seconds of like embarrassing, like courage. And that's, that's all it takes. And Yeah, because in the movie he goes up and speaks to his yeah, future wife. Yeah, he speaks wife. up to his wife. And that, I've told you the story with like Clarissa, like, basically just, we went on about five friend dates and I thought one more date and that, that's it, this, I get friends <laughs> and I basically just That's said, based on experience probably. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that is based on experience, but that's, that's my own fault. But I just thought, do you know what, I, and I kept on thinking, yeah, Matt Damon, 30 seconds of embarrassing courage. I'm going to be, in, I'm going to be embarrassed for like not that long afterwards but if I, if I don't do anything then I'd regret it for a long time it's a bit cheesy and basically did I tell you what happened on the train yeah you were gonna kiss her was I was gonna kiss her on the train and then she like she faced the other way <laughs> we did this awkward moment of like oh, oh cheek 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 and then I went then I went cheers and then just walked off the train if it weren't for that though she wouldn't have messaged me when I got out the train in Hammersmith and said, did you try to kiss yeah. me? Because without that moment, none of this would have been possible. And Exa we were just talking exactly. about last night. It's exactly. just like, we've now been together, like, over a year now, getting married this year. And it's like, if that didn't happen, yeah. and if I didn't have that 30 seconds of just being like, do you know, when your face is like blistering hot and you're like, and you feel like, oh my God, I've just massively embarrassed myself. I actually made a decision before she messaged me. I made a decision of like, I'm not talking to her again. I'm just like, I'm just, I'm just gonna ignore everything. Like I tried, I failed, I give myself props for trying, but I've ultimately just failed. It's all right, next one, go on. <laughs> um, but she messaged me back. And if it wasn't for like, everything we've, everything I've done in the past, all like I, I got a lot of friends who are girls. Everyone that I go out to dinner with, yep. because talking to girls, even if they're just your friends, keeps keeps you sharp and keeps you to the point that you can talk with other girls. Yeah, I can see that. And I I would go out with a lot of my friends who are girls throughout the whole week. Everything was kind of everything led to that point. Have you ever seen that um, James Franco film? Do you know when he gets stuck with his hand? No. He gets his, it's called like a hundred and something hours. He gets, he's like hiking and stuff and he slips down. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's Danny Boyle's movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Danny Boyle's movie. It's a real, it's real one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. 120 hours or something like that. He goes through this like thought process because he's kind of like dehydrated yeah, and yeah. he's going through yeah. it. And he's like, it's you and me, Boulder. We've come to this point. That Boulder would have had to like gone through weathering to, to be in that certain place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything he did in his life, every single step he's done has led to that point. Yeah. And every single step of the thing. And, and that's how I saw it at that point. Everything we do leads us to the point that we are at now. That's cool. And then, Didn't he cut off his arm, though? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're taking <laughs> But it's interesting how all the examples that you're using go back to that point of like, what is your role model? Don't you find that interesting? Yeah. I asked you at the start what your role, who your role is, who your mentor. You go, no, I see it as a movie, and that every example that you've used is it's, it's is kind like of a movie. And look, well, that's what I, I was right. saying about if it weren't for like Matt Damon in Rounders, I would never have ended up in a casino thinking I'm a card shark. Yeah, but then. To your point, I watch Goodwill Hunting, probably my favourite movie a million times. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, make yeah. me like a smart geezer who's a 
gone out with someone like yeah, Nini Driver <laughs> and had friends like Ben Affleck. So, well, right, I'm conscious that they're gonna fucking kick us out. No, I think it's like five o'clock, we're still here in Costa in Feltham. Quick fire round, I mean quick fire, because you speak more than me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, complete these sentences. I stole this one from like, Oprah Winfrey does this on a- Oh, Gary No, 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 no. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is strictly Oprah, but I like it. Five questions, five statements, complete the answer. Short and sweet. The thing that really pisses me off is just people. Just like, <laughs> just, just like, I've, I, certain people can make me kind of just angry and I'm just pissed off with them. Um, they're gonna start the Hoover in a bit in Costa. Like the one. Like no, no, it's just, supposed to be a short. Uh, okay, it's supposed okay. to be a short. Sorry. The thing that pisses me off is people. Just like arrogant people. All oh, right. People who just think, oh, you're you're a dick, and then you end up putting them a douche. All right. That can be in any situation, but go on. But I wish I could someday. You can't say fly. <laughs> I wish I could someday. I could. I wish I could someday have a family. Good. I thought you would say that. I am in my element when. When I'm. See, I think I, I I'm in my element and I'm in my zone when I'm painting. Like I yeah. lose time. Ah. I'm. I am incredibly grateful for. I guess my family and, and Clarissa. I believe the key to a happy life is... Fulfillment. Cool. Right, we had a, a section on morbid death questions, but I think we covered that with your experience with illegal substances. So, <laughs> closing, closing questions. Yeah. Last two, okay? And I nicked this off another podcaster called Lewis Howes, and he calls it the free truth, so I quite like it as well. You've lived the life you've lived, blah, blah, blah. You're on your deathbed. You're surrounded by all the people that you love, all you've got is a pen and a paper or whatever. Um, they don't know anything about you. You can't look at any photos. That's all okay. gone and stuff. What are the three truths that you're going to give that your family or your kid or whatever before you pass? And you've three truths? Three truths or three pieces of advice. Just keep them nice and short. Not that I like to cut down and edit you, but literally the, the woman is hoovering <laughs> Costa. Like three, I said to three Alyssa, pieces of advice. What, what I said to Alyssa is like, choose, choose something that you enjoy. I like that one. Um, if anyone told that, me that when I was earlier, when I was that younger. That goes for education, that goes for jobs, just kind of choose something that you enjoy. Second one? I would say, it's not about money. And he just he says with like 80% of the conversation, it's <laughs> yeah. about money. No, no, that's no, irony. But that's the thing. It, it worked out that I just ended up giving up that job in the end. Okay. And kind of just going for something that was a startup company. And your third truth? I would say find, find, find like hobbies, find something that you love to do. Because ah. hopefully you can have something of your own. Like you're finding in your yep. situation, yep. and like Clarissa's finding in hers, is that she's away from her family. Find something that you like doing. Like I used to write, I still play my guitar every day. Just Do find, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Find something that you, find something that you, you like, find a hobby. All right, the final drum roll question is, what is your definition of being a Ferrer? Or I can re 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 rephrase if you like. Or Are you going to say, give what, me No, 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 no. What does it mean to you being a Ferrer? Because this is a, a family podcast. And so, this is the, those last two questions are going to be two questions that I probably ask everyone. The, the rest of them I'm just going to mix and match. But those last two that you've had, those you know, three truths and I this one. I think 
to be a Ferrer kind of just means like loyalty. It means it means being a unit, and that's that's always what it, what it is. Even when like Gigi and Sharon, I, I believe being family is being part of a unit, part of a bigger picture where it's more than like you've seen with with mum and the guest list with like 100 people, everyone's gone through it. It's about kind of just like saying, we're, we're a family, the other things don't really matter. It's just like, and to bring like Clarissa into that as well, who's only got one brother, who doesn't really talk much. I think it's about being a unit. Cool, that's it. Fucking smash it. Was that fucking fun or was that fun? Hi again, it's Dan. Um, that's a wrap for episode two. Let me know what you thought. I thought there was a lot of deep shit in there, right? Uh, but it was thoroughly enjoyable. I thought it was quite natural and we just sort of just kicked straight into it. Um, I love the process of sitting down, speaking to my brother, just letting the recording um, play out and hopefully there's some gems there's some takeaways um, for those listening out there um, I want to take the, this opportunity to thank my brother for an hour and a half of his time I know currently right now his time is precious um, because he is organizing his wedding which is fastly approaching and uh, now Louis my younger brother uh, made reference to some of his um, artwork that he enjoys which is his passion um, and you heard that he gave away some stuff um, to lucky people in London um, you can see some of that on his Instagram that's at Lou Bear Art that's L-O-U underscore B-E-A-R underscore art A-R-T so make sure you take a look at that and if you like what you see feel free to connect with him there um, in terms of the podcast, if you like what you heard here, you liked the first episode too, then you want to make sure that you click on that favorite button. And if you got any questions, any queries, or you heard some stuff um, that you felt quite strongly about, then please feel free to message me and, and even send us a voice message and we can hopefully link that in to future episodes of the podcast. But that's it. Till the next episode, go out there, do what you want to do. But remember once in a while, it's important to smell the brew. Okay, take care and I'll see you soon.